0: Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome to Street Champs. Quick shout-out to our sponsors, Rocky Mountain Blaze and Big Bear Wine & Liquors. Anything we're smoking on, we got that straight from Rocky Mountain Blaze. Anything we're sipping, we got that right from Big Bear. Mention Street Champs at Rocky Mountain Blaze and get 5% off your entire order. Yeah. Alright, today I'm in here with Ken and Damon from Chase's Choice. How are you guys doing today, good, bro? Good, how are you? Good. Pretty good, pretty good. I'm excited to have you guys on here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, you guys were telling me so many crazy stories before we started, and now I'm excited that the people can finally hear all these things hopefully you guys don't feel like you're rehashing them all
1: no don't mind at all
0: for sure so um tell the people a little bit about yourselves before we get into the meat and potatoes of everything
2: you want to go first yeah go ahead. okay uh, i'm ken um uh, my family and i own chase's choice which is a hemp company in canyon city colorado um and we do a food outreach for veterans and it's expanding to first responders teachers department of corrections mental and mental health medical uh, health professionals and also cannabis and um, medical and recreational uh, marijuana employees too we're extending it out to to where you come down once a week and get some food and uh, it's canned food we do have some meats Uh, they're frozen Um, but yeah we just uh, we like helping people and this is one of the guys that helps us, Demon Williams.
1: I uh, actually met Ken a few years back. I was doing some physical therapy uh, for some back injuries I had in the military. And his son, who was paralyzed at the time, uh, we'd meeting each other at the same time each week. And we just got to know each other. And then um, I knew a little bit about Chase's story. And then years later, a couple of years later, I ran into Ken again. And uh, Chase was walking at that point, which shocked me, and um, I was having some trouble sleeping at the time, having issues with back pain, and Mm. um, stuff like that, and Ken told me to come by, and after physical therapy, and gave me some stuff, and it actually got to the point where, you know, he gave me quality of life again, and started sleeping, and uh, it really, like I said, it gave me quality of life, it changed, Mm. you know, I was sleeping four hours a night, and Came and gave me some stuff and i started sleeping about seven eight hours a night so it was amazing mm-hmm. it really changed my life to be honest wow yeah
0: all right so um all right so <clears throat> all these um all these things you're into now you know we're gonna get it we're gonna get into them um but where where uh, where are you from
2: uh spokane washington spokane washington how, how old are you um 57 57 why did you why were you
0: reluctant to say that no i
2: just i forget <laughs>
0: oh here's gonna give you like a 30 series. after 50
2: right. you just kind of you forget i have to look at my id now and then and so yeah
0: <laughs> for sure so um all right so being from spokane like when did you first get introduced to like cannabis
2: uh when i was 14 years old gonzaga prep and uh so never did it before, but I guess my locker partner in ninth grade was selling weed out of our locker, and I basically got expelled from Gonzaga. <laughs> I had to go to public school after that. so and um, I went to public school, and in 10th grade, mm-hmm. uh, I smoked pot for my first time, and yeah, I loved it. been smoking it ever since.
0: Wow. It's a beautiful story. Yes, yeah. <laughs> What about you? Where are you from?
1: I grew up in the Four Corners area of Colorado, but I've lived in little towns all over Colorado, east of Colorado Springs. I grew up pretty much in Woodland Park. Um, moved down here when I met my ex-wife and then just stayed. You know, I have a five-year-old daughter, so um, I stay here and I live in Canyon City and mm. pretty much lived all over Colorado, though. A lot of... Military, you know, I was gone four years in the military, and came back and lived in Colorado Springs, and then moved down here. So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I definitely want to get into military service, man. That was you were telling me some really interesting stories. Um, but when did you start getting into introduced to cannabis?
1: Uh, the first time I smoked, I was uh, I was a freshman in high school, and um, I would smoke randomly here and there when I, you know, I played sports. But when I wasn't playing sports, I would try it with friends here and there. But it was pretty much I started consistently. Um, 19 20 years old. Smoked a couple of times in the military. And then other than that, when I got back, I was, you know, I've had my medical card since 2009. So, and I smoked before that. Mm-hmm. So
0: definitely. Um, so um 57. How,
2: how long have you been working on Chase's choice? So Chase's choice basically came from Chase's decision to not use pharmaceuticals anymore at 14 years old. Um, Chase being your son. Our son, our youngest son. So uh, he had been diagnosed with ADHD, I don't know, probably seven, eight years old. They thought he had it. Put him on different medications. Over the years, they switched stuff around, but they put him on this crap called Concerta and that's when things just started going south. So he, um, uh, he was more anxious. He had tachycardia. He was in and out of the ER thinking he was having a heart attack, hallucinating, um, thought the world was going to end just some crazy shit. And when we take him back to his doctor and psychiatrist, they'd say, oh, we need to up his dose. So they upped his dose to, I think it was like 104 milligrams of this Concerta. And over the next two weeks, things just started declining. And then he finally had what appeared to us to be a a grand mal seizure. What is
0: a grand mal seizure? I don't know. So
2: it's drop seizure. So they fall down, you know, some convulse and stuff like that. Um, That's what he had. We'd never seen anything like that with him. We had thought that he may had seizures. Um, But for us, we thought seizures had to do with falling down, you know, so he never fell down before that time. Um, He would just like have these blank stares, his nose would bleed. Um, But after he had this, what we thought was a seizure, um, they were gonna flight for life him up to uh, children's hospital, but the there was an ice storm. So they had to take him by ambulance, and my wife went with him. And so it took forever to get up there, all sketchy. They get up there. Um, they have all these different... He was in the neurological unit. Uh, all these doctors looking at him, doing testing. And my wife came down, and we switched because she had to go back to work. I went up and stayed with him. And he was so what it was was he was paralyzed from the waist down so they couldn't figure that out um but by, by the fifth day of being in the hospital he was diagnosed with concerta toxicity so what it did is that shut down is dopamine in his brain so he was all depressed but it gave him what it was is like parkinson-like sim- symptoms from the waist down he really couldn't move his legs he had no feeling in them um, so we get him out after the fifth day and we were like this this it, there's more to it because he was having um these bad nosebleeds at children's hospital right in front of the doctors and the um the nurses and i said this these are the episodes that he's having this is what i think is the problem and they just kind of ignored it and stuff but i mean it looked like he. It looked like a crime scene. That's how much blood would come out of him when he'd have these episodes. You know what we call them. So we got him out. We took him to a neurologist up at Parkview Hospital up here in Pueblo. He did an EEG and then called us in and said Chase has generalized epilepsy. What he's been having is absent seizures. So you just blank out. Mm-hmm. So, which is still very dangerous. And we well, had yeah. <clears throat> been involved with, like, Pikes Peak Hill Climb racing, Colorado Hill Climb racing, super bike racing, dirt bike racing, all kinds of stuff over the years. Chase wanted to race in the Colorado Hill Climbs when he turned 16. So when he was diagnosed, well, when he was paralyzed then diagnosed with epilepsy, um, you know, he just thought his life was over. He, You know, he couldn't, you know, do what he wanted to do. So... Let me me go back just a little bit to to where he was diagnosed with conservative toxicity by the doctors. sure. What they said was, look, we need to get you off these medications you were on, and we need to put you on some different ones. And Chase said, I'm not taking any medications because the medications are what paralyzed me. Um, So at the age of 14 in Colorado, you can make your own medical decisions. So we didn't know that until our 14-year-old kid was in the hospital, and he had to sign a... waiver so we could get medical information so by him saying I'm not taking medications we couldn't make him take medications the only thing we could do is convince him to wean off the medications you know because it's very dangerous just dropping medications that he's been on for you know so long um so
0: would you mind just uh up a little towards the mic oh yeah I'm sorry
2: um but So at that time, that's when it was Chase's choice, he said, I don't want to do any meds. So when we took him to the neurologist, uh, you know, we were weaning him off the the Concerta and this other shit that they had him on for all these side effects, and um, so the neurologist, when he diagnosed him, he said, we need to put him on something for his epilepsy, and Chase said, I'm not taking anything, and I mentioned uh, medical marijuana because of Charlotte Figgy, little Charlotte from Charlotte's Web. Um, so,
0: can you introduce the idea of a Charlotte for the people that don't so know? So,
2: Charlotte was a little girl with Gervais syndrome. Um, her, her family uh, linked up with the Stanley brothers, the people who developed Charlotte's Web, um, and it was helping her epilepsy. You know, she, I mean, she was having seizures all the time. And, you know, got it down to just a couple of day and stuff. So it, was, it came out on the news. There was a big uh, series about um, Charlotte. And uh, so we thought, what the hell? We're in Colorado. People are flocking to Colorado to get this stuff. Um, so we got him a medical marijuana card with, our, uh, with his neurologist signing off on it mm-hmm. um, on, as one of the, the doctor's because you have to have two doctors for a minor so I had my medical marijuana doctor sign off on them as a second signature um, so we got them this stuff it wasn't even CBD we uh, it was cannabis it had some CBD in it uh, but it was mostly THCA we did a cold press um, to get most of the just the you know the the non psychoactive cannabinoids out of it um, it, it was a weird time when you get a medical marijuana card for a kid who is only looking for the non-psychoactive part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, that's what most parents want. We, nobody wanted their kid to get high. So we were looking for the stuff that didn't get him high. Um, I just got lucky, you know, that we found we, we had a lot of knowledgeable people around us because I'd been a medical marijuana patient since 2010, you <clears throat> know, on paper. So <laughs> there was a lot of knowledge, you know, knowledgeable people I could go to. Um, but, yeah, we became his caregiver and started making him this stuff. And within four months of him being paralyzed, he was walking again. We ended up um, getting his seizures under control. It was really weird because he was still, when, he, when they do a, a epilepsy test, a seizure test, an EEG on him, um he was still actively having seizures but the doctor was talking to him he was reacting so he was like it was weird it was like it was keeping him at bay he was still on paper epileptic but they the symptoms weren't producing themselves so after a year of him being on medical marijuana and taking this stuff being off all of his medications um you know, he didn't have to go into the doctor's all the time. It was just a one-year checkup with his neurologist, and uh, he would re-sign his medical marijuana card for him. So the the first year after the first year, um, the doctor was amazed, and he signed off on his card again. And Chase said, "Well, if I'm doing so good, can I get my driver's permit?" And we're like, "Shit, he's going to be pissed that you know they're not going to let him drive with a med card and epilepsy." So this doc, this neurologist said, yeah, just don't tell the DMV, you know, because it's under control. You're a year, you know, they're not presenting themselves, but you have to be with somebody in the car with you, and you have to be taking your medicine, and you have to not be presenting any of these seizures. Mm-hmm. So we took him down, got him this permit. Wow. So a year later, and it was just me driving with him in a, you know, eighty horsepower. Uh, 90 horsepower Subaru Legacy, you know, automatic and mm-hmm. stuff. Driving around, he goes a year. We call up his neurologist to get him to re-sign his card again, but also to say, hey, he got his, he did everything he's supposed to do. Can get him his driver's license. So come to find out that that neurologist got suspended for signing off on my son's medical marijuana card because it violated his DEA license to write pharmaceuticals because canvas schedule one, you know? So,
0: Oh my gosh. Wow.
2: So we were like, you know, we, we were, not it wasn't like we were panicked that, Oh no, we don't have a neurologist. Cause we have things, you know, things are under control and everything. It's more about, so what do we do about the driving thing? Because I had been talking to friends of ours in the Colorado Hill Climbs going, what does chase need to get for him to race? And they said uh, they said either his neurologist and his pediatrician need to sign a letter saying, no, it's perfectly fine for a 16-year-old epileptic kid using medical marijuana to drive, let alone race. And uh, <laughs> they said... When, um, when you put it that way. Yeah. Or he just needs a, Colorado, a valid Colorado State driver's license. So the last thing this neurologist said, as long as he's taking his medicine... Caesars Caesars aren't presenting themselves, and there's somebody in the car with them. You know he can he can drive. So we got him his driver's license. Two weeks later, we put him in a 750 horsepower Pike's Peak hill climb truck and put him in the Colorado hill climbs. So he raced wow. three times. The last one it was he was a he like he was the, the driver. He co drove the first two. Um but the last one he he actually drove and it was an off road extreme and he ended up taking um second place. He got second place in it. Blew the tires. I mean it was five runs over two days. Every race he blew out a front tire, but he still made it through the finish line. So um then we just oh and here's the other thing about that so it was hard enough getting an epileptic kid you know allowed to race but one that's using medical marijuana so we when when i put the idea out there to a lot of our friends and stuff um they're like oh hell yeah we'll sponsor him. we'll we'll sponsor him because in the back of their mind they're like there's no fucking way anybody's gonna let the kid like that race yeah So then it happened that he was allowed and we're like, Hey, we need sponsors. And they're like, uh, you know, we can't do that. Even, even really medical places couldn't do it because it was a kid, you Mm -hmm. know, and it was, but we got, we got some sponsors, um, and put it out there. He had pot leaves all over his truck. You know, he was the cannabis kid, you know, Freedom Farms. And, um,
0: how old is Chase now?
2: He's just turned 21 in November. Wow,
0: did you so turn 21?
2: He, so he was 16 when he started racing. Then at 17, um, we put him in ice racing on a Pikes Peak Hill climb quad in the uh in the bear tire class. He'd never really rode a quad, you know. He was we had to teach him how to ride a quad be- just two days before the first race. There were like five or six races. Mm. And uh so he finally figured out how to, how to shift and then you know he taught he was taught how to one day how to ride on dirt then we throw him on ice and with bare tires on it
3: mm-hmm.
2: in a really high horsepower quad and at the end of five weeks he ended up the state ice racing champion for his class so wow he was railing it what what was the um what
0: exact mixture was he taking that got him out of the wheelchair
2: so um, that was more of a THCA and CBD So when we first started, like I said, we really couldn't get access to, like, a Charlotte's Web. And there really wasn't a whole lot of hemp, medical hemp out there. There was industrial hemp, but it was really, you know, it just, it was medicine. Um, So we were pretty vague about what we were giving our kid, you know. And in racing at these events, people were like, hey, I want to try that. You know, a lot of them at first were thinking, I want to see if this is getting them high. You know, that's, I think, what the initial thing was they wanted to try it see if they got high <clears throat> they come back an hour later going hey my knee doesn't hurt as bad and um my anxiety is not as bad and then it just turned into different things i did not make this stuff for anything other than helping chase's epilepsy mm-hmm. i didn't make it for pain anxiety nothing i was just like because I didn't know. I got a D- minus in health class, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a medical professional. Yeah. I know cannabis. I help give myself off of... Um...
0: you guys mind if we smoke? On no, yeah. Oh, wow.
2: I was on Vicodin and Percocet and Soma's for 25 years while I was doing bail bonds, you know, and nobody had a problem with it. But I was also just adding marijuana to it. So I, I was just compounding it, you know. My pain receptors were not, you know... It was, none of this shit was working for me. Mm-hmm. It's when I had to get off all my medications after being <coughs> on it for 25 years. So I've, I got rods and screws in my lower back, my next fuse, six shoulder surgeries, elbows, wrists, fractured, a- heel, just all kinds of shit. I don't take as much as an aspirin for nothing. I haven't in 13 years. So, but that's my choice. I'm still in pain. He's still in pain. We just try to manage our pain, you know. Mm-hmm you're never going to fix something 100% well, I'm not gonna say that but it's hard to fix something 100% especially if you're just looking for you know a tool like hey I'll take this and I'll feel 100% better but I don't have to commit anything else I don't have to start e- eating healthier, you know, I don't have to, you know, reevaluate me being in a toxic relationship or environment. That doesn't fix that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to you got to really kind of do other things too, but we do get a lot of people coming, thinking this is a, just a quick fix, and you know, what do I need to do for my anxiety, and then we, we ask them, people a lot of questions, you just don't come in, and you know, I ask you, what are you, what are you going to use it for, and what are you taking now, and um, we, and again, I'm not a doctor, but I, I have so much experience in pain and anxiety, myself, that, you know, I can at least make recommendations on what might work well for you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just a "hey, take THC" yeah, or just take CBD. He's got a pretty good track record. Right?
0: Yeah, definitely. You were showing me some some of your um, prior fo- prior photos of like mm-hmm. past patients. Mm-hmm. Wow, like transformations! Like um, I don't know, you would definitely explain them better. Like uh, transformations, I couldn't believe really if if I didn't see them.
2: Well, there's there's a lot of things and there's, and I, it's hard for, for me to say, hey, this is going to do this for anybody, you know, we'll never make a claim that it's going to help your anxiety, help your pain, help your cancer, nothing, but just with simple mixtures of cannabinoids, we, we've seen it, you know, heal tumors on their faces, basal cell carcinoma, um, breast cancer, I mean, there's just all kinds of stuff that By accident, just people coming to us, trying different things that we have, it has been very beneficial to people. Mm -hmm. So,
1: yeah, trial and error.
2: It is, and I again, you know, I I don't make any claims that I have any medical, you know, experience or anything like that. But with this stuff, I'm just proving a point. Anybody can do this. Mm -hmm. You just got to understand the simple you know, um, processes, you know, like infusing it, you know, whole plant plant infusing, um, distillates and different things and stuff. Not, it's not one, one size fits all or one product fits all. Everybody's different. We all require different doses. Yeah. Different cannabinoids.
0: You know, as far as usages and stuff go, um, what, what, what would you say that you definitely use it for most? Like,
1: so, <clears throat> when I met, or when I got a hold of Ken, he actually—I I hadn't talked to him in like maybe a year and a half, right? And um, I just didn't even think about, you know, I hadn't the seen a physical therapy because I stopped going, and then I was going to a different place. I was struggling with—I would go to bed at midnight or one o'clock, and I'd sleep till four, four fifteen, and I'd wake up in more pain than when I went to bed. It's hard to have a good day positive day you know i have a a daughter at the time she was three it was it was hard to be a good father and and want to do things go out um when you're hurting all day and Mm -hmm. i made a a, just a simple post on facebook and he saw it and said you know come by my house after pt because i had pt that day so i stopped over and he had given me a few different things to try um the first few things, because I, I do have my medical card and I do smoke uh, for pain and some depression and anxiety. You get depression with, with chronic pain. So um, I, I have my, my red card for those reasons. And um, I would try the, try the first couple things and they really didn't touch anything because of my tolerance and so he gave me what's rso rick simpson oil Mm. and the night he gave me that i took it and i slept till like seven o'clock in the morning and it was crazy i I woke up and like instantly i got like emotional i almost broke down started crying because it was like the best feeling in the world to actually get sleep and not wake up in pain i couldn't understand like what what is going on that this that i'm not you know hurting when i wake up i've had three back surgeries you know why jumping out of planes in the military
0: um what what uh i'm not very like fluent in military so you know for the people that are watching like what what were you doing exactly
1: so you have to i was in the 82nd airborne and you have to stay uh active on jump jump pay every You have to jump once every three months to stay active so when i was deployed three times and basically between my second third deployment uh we had to make a bunch of jumps to catch up so that we didn't get docked pay uh from the government they were going to take because we were deployed so long so we come back we jumped like five times on a saturday we're going to jump like four times on a sunday just
0: excess jumping why
1: so you have to stay, jump, uh, to stay. yeah, it's just to stay current on your, you have to, to get paid, you get paid $150 extra every month for being airborne, but to keep that status, you have to jump once every three months to stay active. It, so we were deployed so much that we were not active anymore, and they were threatening to take back jump pay, so what we did is we jumped five times Saturday to catch up, to put us current, and then because we were going to get deployed again we jumped four times on a Sunday. But that Sunday, it was too windy. You're not supposed to jump over uh, 15 knots wind speed, and it was like 26 knots that day. So, you know, amber light goes green, everybody jumps out the plane. You had people colliding in midair, collapse, you know, one one guy collapsed a chute, they both come down on one parachute, they hit the ground pretty hard. I caught a, a gust of wind, and it actually, it's a weird feeling to be falling, and then you feel yourself get picked up, right? So I, wind started picking me up like this, and it died, and I just started swinging, right? I'm like doing this pendulum thing, and I'm coming down, I'm coming down, and I was horizontal, and I see the ground coming, and I start to panic, right? I flailed a little bit, and the first thing that hit the ground was my left knee, and that blew my L5S1 disc, but I didn't know it, so they sent me to physical therapy for my left knee for supposed to be going for three months or four months, but they about two and a half month mark, I found out we're getting deployed for the third time. So they cut physical therapy short, deployed me a third time. And I was having so much, uh, so much side nerve pain going down and all the way down into my, almost my Achilles. And I was a commo guy, communications guy. And so instead of Going forward and doing my job, I stayed back and ran the talk for my, my platoon sergeant. Let me do that. So he pushed forward. I stayed back. I did like a seven-month stint on my third deployment, came back, had six days to clear and get out. They screwed up my DD-214, all this stuff. They didn't give me an outgoing physical. They didn't know about all the pain I was dealing with. So it was about a year, Almost it was 11 months of, of basically getting fired from jobs because I couldn't perform because of the pain I was in. I finally went to the VA and found out that I had, you know, blown L5S1 disc. And so, the following, that was in November of 2005. And then, June 2006, I had my first L5S1 laminectomy. VA screwed it up. Three months later, I have my second L5S1 laminectomy. They botched the second one. I spent the next 10 years really just having shit quality of life, not being able to do anything, lost friendships over relationships, I mean, you name it. And um, finally, when a lot of people don't like Obama, and I, I understand, but he's the reason that I'll ever always respect him for the fact that he signed the Choice Care Act, and that enabled vets to seek outside medical attention from the VA. So when that happened, I showed up, to get back surgery show this guy I had all the doc he said I was the first guy in 27 years of being a doctor that ever showed up with I had the the authorization from the VA for a $90,000 back surgery the list of everything I have tried like I had everything he was going to ask me for in a binder and present it to him and he's like holy crap he's like you're ready for surgery this never happened so I had my L5 S1 um, fusion with him and that was done by a civilian doctor, Dr. Sung. And he's the guy that really, like, fixed me and gave me back quality of life. So I was able to be a dad and, you know. I spent the last the 10 months before that in a recliner. You know what I mean? Ex, ex-wife ex come and her mother coming home at lunch to make me a sandwich and, and take me to the bathroom. Put me back in the chair. Do the same thing when they came home from work. I slept in that recliner because I couldn't move. I... You know, I blacked out one night trying to get up and go to the bathroom because I didn't want to bug my wife, and I ended up on my face on the in the recliner or on the chair, uh, you know, six feet away. I don't even know how I got there. My wife pull. I'm having a dream like I'm drowning, and my wife pulls my face up out of the couch, you know, like tell me to breathe, waking me up. I was like just sheer pain, but all that led me to. You know, dealing with that and it doesn't allow you to sleep and all that other stuff. Fighting the VA for physical therapy, you know, everything's a fight with the VA. Um, so, they I spent the first four years when I got back, they had me on uh, 11 pills in the morning, 11 pills at night, and 7 during midday. And me being an idiot thinking the VA has my, not knowing, the VA, I mean, some people have good experiences with the VA. I, I really don't um, Thinking I would have a good, ex, uh, uh, do what they say because their interest is in my interest. I did that for four years until it got to the point where it messed my, my bowels up. Um, I, I'm like, you know, I, I don't take, they send me pain pills and they send me muscle relaxers and I have a shoebox that I just throw them in because, you know, there's no, the side effects don't outweigh. The benefit of those, I get more benefit using medical marijuana and CBD and CBG and CBN and all these cannabinoids, um, and no side effects, you know? That's the stuff that helped me sleep, you
2: know? Mm-hmm. I It is want... a side effect. It's sleep? the sleep. Yeah, I'll tell you. Which is it. a good side effect.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So, so, you know, um, as far as your military service goes, do you feel comfortable talking about that? Yeah. For sure. I uh, didn't
1: at one point, but... Yeah, I was telling you earlier, I went through some, some, I was the first one at the VA in the state of Colorado to go through prolonged exposure therapy through the VA. And it's, um, it's where, so the, my therapist had two uh, audio recorders and, you know, makes the room kind of dark and I'm laying back and relaxing and, and I'm, I start off talking about some of the things on deployments that. I was having issues with and couldn't get over and things like that and um so she records those sessions and you take them home and you listen to those she keeps a tape and and i take a tape i go home and i'm supposed to listen to it two or three times each day for a week until i see her again and I repeat that process so after you know a couple weeks go by a month go by you start realizing that the tapes that were originally like three minutes are starting to become like four and a half minutes, five minutes, and then as you keep going, like two months in, they're like nine minutes, eleven minutes, and it's because you're you recount all these things that you went through and you saw and things that happen on deployment, and you start to divulge, you know, give out more details, and that's why the the length of the tapes go by, and then it gets to the point where you really um, talk, you know, those are things that nobody wants to talk about. I did, I would cry sitting in my apartment by myself listening to these tapes. I didn't want to do it, you know what I mean? But listening to those things, it's it's healing and it's progress and it's it's how you get over the things that you're not proud of, you know what I mean? And um, like I said, I, I contribute that PTSD therapy, Prolonged Exposure Therapy, I, I contribute that to probably saving my ass and the reason I'm here today. Um... Yeah, and I needed it, you know, at the moment, in the moment, I didn't think I did, but I was a mess, you know, most people that came back, that saw a lot of combat, you know, they they don't realize they're as bad as they are in the moment. So I'm I'm lucky. I had, I had a girlfriend back in the day who made me realize that I needed help. And that's what led me down that road to, to seek mental health, you know. Mm-hmm. So
0: coming back from, um, so I don't, I don't know how to. Really dance around the questions that I'm going to ask you if I ask you anything that you don't feel comfortable asking, man. You can
1: ask me anything you want, man. Okay.
0: Um, So you were in battle?
1: Yeah, I went to combat three times. I was in Afghanistan twice and Iraq once. Wow. Um, What years? So I joined, I was in the military from 01 to 05. Uh, I actually joined January 2nd, 2001. Um, I went to Fort Knox, Kentucky for basic training. And then I went to Fort Gordon, Georgia for AIT, which was... Uh, job training and you know, that was communication 31 uniform and then i was a over there waiting for a, a spot to open up in airborne school at fort benning georgia and just so happens there's fort benning is a three-week course um hell week first week you know second week is where you learn your plfs your parachute landing falls and third week is jump week well just so happened the very first jump you're supposed to jump monday tuesday wednesday thursday and then Friday's a night jump and then you graduate Saturday on the drop zone. Well, the very first jump we we're supposed to take was actually um was nine eleven. So I'm walking on a on a plane, I'm the only one to sit down, the very first guy, and the guy say, Turn around and walk back to the pack shed. So I, we're walking back and you know, I just by that time you just wanna get out of that harness and all that equipment, it's uncomfortable. So I sit down. They turn the TV on, and we actually watch the second plane go into the tower. And they start like, "You boys are going to war. You're, you know, you're airborne." All this hooting, and hollering, and stuff. And how old were you at that point? I was 22. And um, so they grounded FAA grounded the flights for for three days. No jumping. So then we grad- did like. Five jumps in two days, graduated on the drop zone. I was on a Greyhound bus um, back to Colorado from Georgia. That took three days. I was home for four. I packed my Jeep up, and I had three days to drive back and report to North Carolina. And I got there, and I was in reception for about three to four days. I went to my unit. I was there again three or four days, less than a week, and I was on a plane to NTC in Moabi Desert, California, Fort Irwin for 30 days of desert training. And I came back. That was my whole first year. Um, I came back um, to Fort Bragg after that, and then it was basically Afghanistan for seven months, home for three, Iraq for eight months, home for four, back to Afghanistan for seven months, came home, had six days to clear and get out. That was my four years. So
0: being... Being airborne in battle, what is that? What does that consist of? Are you jumping out of an airplane with like ready well, with like a gun? I don't. I don't. I don't. So I don't we understand.
1: train um, in the field in North Carolina. We jump. Um, we do. You know, we go to the field for six weeks at a time, seven weeks. Um, do close quarter combat. You know, clearing all that stuff. And when we deploy that's that's basically an ability that we have airborne being airborne but we just we come over we land we set up shop um i didn't ever have a combat jump um so that's kind of like a you know there was one unit who they gave a combat jump to um and it was from they were from vicenza italy there's only two airborne 82nd airborne currently is active jumping in this i don't i'm not even sure the base but they're in vicenza italy so they got a, it's called a mustard stain. You get a yellow um, star on your airborne wings. Kind of a cool thing to have because you don't see it very often, but we actually had a young kid show up and he had that on. I was like, wow, pretty impressive. So they only did that one time and it was more of a training thing. So they, they technically shouldn't have got it, but because they did a jump in a combat zone, they got it. So, but yeah, you just, yeah. We're, it's just an ability, you know, we're, the 82nd Airborne, have, their motto is Anywhere in the world in 18 hours All Right, so if something happens That's who they just sent to, you know, Ukraine They just sent 3,000 82nd Airborne troops They are always the first to get called When anything pops off There's nine cycles They call them DRF cycles, Division Ready Force When you're on DRF-1 You have a 15 minute recall Basically you can't leave the barracks You're confined If you live off post, you're living in the barracks If you're on DRF-1 because you have your duffel bags, you're to the green. You're going to green ramp, and you're on a plane, just in, like that
0: in 15 minutes.
1: Yeah, wow. that's drf one.
0: Wow. So, coming back from all of this, you know, what kind of mental health issues we're you experiencing, and like. How'd you well, I was telling
1: it? you, I did make a video, um, for a college course about PTSD. Mm-hmm. It's a silent flashcard, um, and that shows that it talks about a lot of my struggle that I dealt with. Um, you know, I was always a, I was a nice guy, man. I liked helping people. Um, I worked with kids, you know, all that stuff. When I got back, I was angry. I was mean. People would cut me off. You know, when you're deployed, I, I drove everywhere I went. I had a $500,000 Blue Force tracker system in my satellite tracking system in my vehicle. I drove the CEO. Everywhere, right? So, he could talk on, check the Blue force, check the radio, uh, the radio's the comms guy. So, um, I drove, when you drive over there, you're driving 90 miles an hour everywhere uh, so that nobody follows you, you know? Um, when you come home, that's hard to turn off, you know? So, people would cut me off. People would um, not use a turn signal, you know, stuff like that. And it would, like, set me off. I would follow these people home and then realize, like, what the fuck am I doing this is not me. Like, like I'm scaring this these people, and, and they made a mistake. Like, I was out of character, man. Wow. And um, I was, like I said, I, I lost with with that, and with pain. You know, having that psychic nerve pain and trying to deal with that, not understand it. That first couple of years, it was hard, man. Like I was, I was hard to be around. But I needed, I needed like friends and and family that I knew forever. And, you know, some, some specific friends said to me, like, when before I left, we'll, well, you know, don't let it change you. Come back and, and be the same D. Man, you don't go to war three times and come back and stay the same person. You know what I mean? And that's what they didn't understand. And I like, I don't have relationships with them today for the fact that they weren't there when I needed them. And they turned their back on me. You know what I mean? And, and it's hard to reach out to someone when you're better when you weren't, you know, I just felt like I was better to move on and... and create new relationships, you know. So, it, t- it takes a lot out to you. PTSD is no joke, man. It's uh, something you deal with and you live with and you have bad days and good days and you just, you know, you try to make the best of it, man. Hmm. Some people handle it differently. I've n- I was never the type to, like, I would never get violent or scream or yell. Like, me, man, I, I, I break down. Like, you know what I mean? That's, that's how it affected me. I just start fucking crying. Not understanding confusion, you know, just... Like, what the fuck is going on?
0: That's strong, man. That's that's strong that you're that you're able to um, pinpoint. You know your your emotions. That you know exactly what you're gonna let out, and you know probably know what triggers you, and you know yeah. stuff like that. That's
1: yeah, man. There's times, when, man. I to this day, like if if you're if you're baking fresh chocolate chip cookies, mm. like. I have an issue with that. Like, I have to leave because for some reason, like when I, I, that's happened to me numerous times in public at American Furniture Warehouse, first time it ever happened with my ex-girlfriend. We're at the cafe, like above the cafe in Calder Springs. They got a little cafe in there, hot dogs and cookies and shit. Well, we're upstairs looking at some bookshelves with this worker and I smell chocolate chip cookies and I instantly, my brain goes to the smell of burning bodies. Like, that's what I think of.
0: That's what a burning body smells like?
1: No, oh. no, but that that for some reason that triggered me, man, and and that's what every t- like it happened to me four times total, three to once walking to my buddy's apartment. He's I'm going over to play video games, hang out. You know, I'm like 27 years old. I open the door and just chocolate chip cookie in my face, man. I, I mean, I I couldn't shut the door before the tears were already running down my face, right? And he's, like, text me, like, where the fuck are you? What happened? I couldn't even explain to him, man. I mean, that's, that's, it messed me up, you know what I mean? Like, going through stuff like that, and it's hard, you know what I mean? Like, therapy, but the therapy it saved my ass. It really did. Mm-hmm. Getting a dog, you know, my dog Levi, he's, you know, a big part of recovery for me, honestly. Gives you purpose, you know what I mean, when you feel like there's none for you. When you come back from that shit so yeah having a dog my mom kind of grew up with basset hounds so I was like I'm gonna get a basset hound my brother had one and the guy had one left and he's probably you know another f- best thing that I ever did for myself was get him
0: I agree man you know ZZ makes her appearance every now and then you know that's, yeah. I, love, I love animals you know animals definitely will
1: they help for sure
0: um <clears throat> wow man that's- really powerful story um so as far as like um your cannabis use you know for for your uh mental health issues you know where does um where does like your product regimen go like what what are you consuming on a on daily day well, I mean I
1: used to have real bad muscle spasms and twitches like I'll throw up weird places sides of my eyes and my face back sides of my arms knees why I don't know, man. Just uh, you know, it was. It, I think it's. Ner- I have a lot of nerve damage. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I suffered for almost 11 years between my second, and my third back surgery, and I'm dealing with a lot of permanent issues because of that. the, the VA just think once you know, oh, we we put a a cage in there. We, or, I mean, a, a civilian doctor put a cage in there, and he had a fusion. They think I should just be be good come to find out for like one reason i was in pain that the va never gave me an mri in 10 years and check this was my alignment or or, or like a, a scan an mri to check my alignment my hips were out for like a decade when i went to a physical therapist place that is more um the first place I went was was down there. It was is a hospital, and they're more like physical therapy, right? Throwing weights on trampolines and doing a, a treadmill and stuff. This other place is more ultrasound and muscle stim and manual physical manipulation, right? So they put my hips back to another thing. <coughs> talk about being set in alignment for the first time after 10 years. I'm telling you, you get emotional. I'm crying in the physical therapy office because I've never felt so good in my life, right? And then it's a battle with the VA trying to get physical therapy more than 15, you know, they give you 12 or 15 sessions. When those are up, good luck. Yeah, good luck, seriously. Wow. Nightmare. Wow.
0: Um, so, um. you know, like... What, uh, what products would you say like really changed your life?
1: So I got off. So you know, I, I've always smoked flour mm-hmm. um, and that's helped with those muscle spasms and stuff like that. But what's really gave me, you know, like the ability to to have good days is the RSO that I get from Ken. Um, Like I said, he gave me a few things before that and I can't even remember what they were, but because of my tolerance, because I, you know, that's why I got my red card in 2009, because I was dealing with pain, I was done taking pharmaceuticals and prescription drugs, and so, you know, I medicated edibles first, and then went to flour, and flour helped me better, and so I stuck with it, and then, you know, just dealing with so much pain, and and not, that's right after my third back surgery was when I was not sleeping and, and waking up in more pain, and that's when he, you know, gave me the RSO, and it, it like I said, man, I take it every night. I take a quarter of a dropper every night, and it's. Really? It, it makes all the difference in the world. I mean, I can skip a couple nights and not do it because it's in my body. But, yeah, and I try to do that sometimes, you know, because you don't want to build up a solid, like, you don't want to be taking more and more and more and more. So, you know, I'll take a quarter dropper, and I'll take it. Sometimes I won't, you know, every about three days is kind of like what's good.
0: Can you explain what a RSO is real quick?
2: Well, it's just a, it's a ethanol extract and, um, yeah, just whole plant, everything in it. Um, it's, it's pretty crude. I mean, it's, it's pretty simple to make if you use, you know, small amounts everybody wants to make huge amounts and stuff you can make small little amounts for yourself for a friend um but yeah you can do it with cannabis or hemp um when i prefer doing 50 50 or something like that but you know you can get it at the blaze can't you can't get yes see so
0: mention street champs and get five percent off that rso
2: (laughs) That's what I'm saying. It's simple. It doesn't. It's simple to get. You can go to the blaze and get it. You can, you know, people make it. You know, um, that's how it all started. I mean, we had to fend for ourselves as medical marijuana patients um, when it first started. There was a lot of good dispensaries, um, medical marijuana dispensaries that were helping us out, and they didn't really know everything either. They were just you had could get more there, you know. You could get more and you know higher potency. And but what it really comes down to dosing. Everybody's different. Not everybody, you know. RSO works for everybody. Not CBD doesn't work for everybody. Um, we all are gonna. All three of us are gonna require different amounts of cannabinoids, whether it be CBD, CBG, CBN, THC, you know, whatever. But um, that's what I think what's cool about today is that you can get isolates of pretty much anything, and you can make your own bases, a whole plant base, and mix them together. If you need more CBG, then put in another 300 milligrams of CBG into your one-ounce t-shirt, you know, but CBG may not be what I need, you know, I may need cbc or you know something else there's there's so many cannabinoids to work from cbd and thc are not um the only cannabinoids out there they're just the most recognized and more understood than any of the other ones but you know we're finding thca the acid form of thc you don't get high off of it but you do feel good when you take it um but if you heat it then you'll get high as shit. So <laughs> it's like one of my favorite cannabinoids. But yeah, there's a lot to it. But then again, it's pretty simple with what how far we are now. You know, when we've started doing this, we didn't have all these options. You know, there was make it yourself or get it from Charlotte's Web or, or Haley's Hope or something like that. But there was these waiting lists. So a lot of us had to fend for ourselves. And then... When we start getting some um, good progress out of this stuff, people start coming to us. You know, we are not experts in any you know, in in any way. We got really lucky um, because we lived in Colorado, had access to stuff. Um, I was a medical patient, so I could go get it anywhere and make stuff for Chase. Um, but it's really cool that. You know, I, I still remember my guidance counselor saying, you're not going to get anywhere in life smoke, sitting around smoking weed. And <laughs> here we are. I mean, at least I made it to a podcast. And and yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> so what do you think oh, now, no. Mom and Dad?
3: <laughs> you know, least... my,
2: my mom and Dad actually are customers of ours, and they do take THC. They um, live up in Spokane, Washington, but it's just for sleep. But, yeah. His dad used
1: to, you know, commence our major, used to give him grief about weeds, uh, and now he's getting it from
2: Yeah, I definitely was the the green sheep of the family. I
0: mean, <laughs> yeah, since 10th grade, you said.
2: Well, yeah, since 10th grade. And literally, I think what's funny is when I got asked not to come back to Gonzaga Prep School, um, it's a Catholic school, and um, I had, I had never smoked weed, but I was, I was convicted, you know, for selling weed out of my locker. Yeah.
0: You know. What was your locker neighbor's name? Bob Butabo Bob But It wasn't
2: my neighbor. We shared a locker. You oh, know, that we, sucks. Yeah. So he said it wasn't his. And Wait, let me take that back. It was Bob something. I, you know, I may not. I'll delete that. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I was pissed off. <laughs> um, because you know, I don't know, because I didn't do it. You know, I did not do it, and then I started doing it when I went to public school because it was everywhere. And probably if I would have known Bob had it in his locker in our locker, I probably would have started smoking it. Probably would have taken. I would have taken it. I, phew, he hit Bob. it pretty well. I didn't even know what it was <laughs>
0: in his lunch pail. You oh. have no
1: impulse control in high school. I think it. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah.
2: How funny. Um. But no, And you know, you can abuse any substance. You know, weed. A lot of people smoke way too much weed, uh, dab way too much. They build up too much tolerance for it, and then it quits working for them, and they're just wasting their money. So I'm really into tolerance breaks, you know, building your tolerance back up and starting off on lower doses. But, you know, with little things like... Juicy drips. You can go into Rocky Mountain Blaze and get a syringe, one ounce syringe, or one gram syringe. But I think they're 35 bucks.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I'm pro- I think $35, ex- you know? I may have bought a few of them
2: Cheap. over the years, but. Um, maybe. Um, you can take that. You keep it in the bag. It's a Mylar bag. It's got a syringe, well, kind of like this, but that's, that's just a vape cart. Warm up. Um, cup of water in the microwave you know get it up in like a minute or something like that put this in so it'll loosen up the distillate and then you can put it in a one ounce bottle like well just a one ounce Teamster bottle and fill it up with an ounce of MCT coconut oil squirt the syringe in there put the bottle back into the hot water and put the lid on the top on and let it kind of warm it up Shake it every now and then, but then you can infuse it into a tincture. So you have a at least nine hundred milligram THC tincture. Wow!
0: Yes, yeah, you have lots of you have lots of um, gizmos and goodies over there. Can you you just walk me through of a a little bit of what you have? Yeah.
2: So these are these are just a CBD isolate. It's a vape cartridge. So
0: this is all available at Chase's Choice. Mm -hmm. We just give them the location. You know, two
2: hundred Water Street. In Canyon City. Mm. So we're located between the uh, Rogue Gorge Route Railroad, which is the dinner car and stuff like that, and the Arkansas River. So we're right on the river. and So yeah, this, just CBD. So what we really started making those for is people that wanted to quit smoking. So it's a distillate, and it's got a natural terpene in it. I think that one's, what, blueberry or... Thin mint. Thin mint. So... And then we have disposable cartridges, they one gram, and these are... Try to make it stand out. That's blueberry. Just the same thing, it's just in a disposable. Those are
1: nice. These are nice? Yeah. Convenient, they're cool.
2: So we have some people that use them um, for epilepsy. And they're already using THC, but they'll use that if they get an aura and they'll... They're able to hit it. We actually have a guy that comes in and had had seizures in our store and then bought this, and it's really helping them. Okay, what do we got here? Let's go with the – this is a Muscle Rescue, 2,000 milligram, and it's got – it's full spectrum. It's got arnica in it. That stuff is
0: great, man. What is Muscle Rescue? What does that mean?
2: So it's it's a –
0: Oh, it doesn't open. You can open it. Okay.
2: It's an alcohol-based gel. And it's three ounces, but it's got two... Th- it's, so it's kind of like an Icy Hot. Oops. It's got a... It's a roll-on applicator. So it's more for convenience. Um, so you don't get, you know, the ice, the menthol on your hands, the oh. smell on it.
0: Oh, it's like... I see. It's like... looks like an Axe gel stick or something yep. like that.
2: So you can rub it on. That way you don't get it on your hands and stuff. But... Rubbing it in is good, though. Yeah, oh, it wow. is good to rub it in.
0: It smells really good.
2: It's got yeah. menthol, arnica in it, and so some of the ladies, like my wife and our, one of our partners, she didn't like the smell of that. Smell, she said, it smelled like old man in a locker, coming out of a locker room. So we came up with this. Oh, our, man, it does. <laughs> it
3: kind
0: of
2: does. It does. Uh, <laughs> so we came up with this. It's speed freeze. So that's more of a, it's an oil base, so you can open that and spray it on too. Dude,
1: I'm telling you, that stuff's amazing. That is, that's pretty My good stuff. My physical therapist has people, her other patients go to pick that stuff up. It's works so well.
2: It's got a safety seal on oh. it. Is it yellow because of chlorophyll? No. Oh. That's the oil. Oh. So we use sweet almond oh. oil and grapeseed oil. It's, it's a, they're both really light. Does oils. Like
1: How does? Oh, man, that stuff helps with just, like, when I have back pain, it's amazing.
2: It's got arnica in it. It's got um, Montana wintergreen. It's got it lavender. It. So we tried to tone it down a little bit, but it also, it, it as you'll see, it'll absorb into your skin a lot quicker than, uh, like, the MCT or the salve or something like that.
0: Yeah. I like it. It smells good. It does, yeah, it doesn't smell as strong as the uh, muscle reviver, right? Right. Yep. Muscle some rescue. Some
2: people swear by that. Other people swear by that. But usually if you walk into our shop and you got some kind of pain, that's what's going to go on it right there.
0: I like that. I like that.
2: Um... <clears throat> then we got. You got a beard? Oh, you got a mustache. I... <laughs> Let's get the... <laughs> Let's, uh... It's
0: a bad mustache. Let's hey, try that.
2: But well, still, is facial this... hair, that's what this is for. So you can open that and put a little bit <laughs> on your fingers and rub it on your stash there. <laughs> I'll it. do it for you. Did it. Some people use it, you know, like for, like on their hair and stuff. Yep.
0: I hardly have a mustache at all, but
2: it makes that's... it smooth. It's nice.
0: Beard oil. So yeah. what, is, what is this going to do for my beard? It has 500 milligrams of...
2: So it can help strengthen, um, you know, your stash there. It can condition it. Could build it up a little thicker. Well, I'd put it on your... I'd, it you can do it, it that way.
1: No, rub it across.
2: Yeah. I, we, normal, nor <laughs> us beardies, put it on our fingers and our hands and then rub it in. But yeah, I guess you could do it that way.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I oh, was just joking. <laughs> That's so I funny. That was great. <laughs> I like it. It smells like...
2: So it's really for guys with beards. They they like putting stuff in their beards and stuff, and so we made some because I got a lot of friends with beards. All those beardy guys, go to Chase's Choice. you could use that as a massage oil, too. Just with certain things mm-hmm. in it, I'd keep it away from certain areas, just like with the speed freeze or the roll on there.
0: None of you freaks get this. It's not, not just... for freaks.
2: That's... <laughs> That's freak-free right there. So, and these two here with menthol in it and stuff, do mm-hmm. not rub it on your eyes. And from experience, make sure you go to wash your hands before you go to the bathroom. <laughs> oh, so, damn.
1: Yeah. Oh, you make that mistake. Oh,
2: no. So we do have, this is massage oil. Mm, that's the one for the freaks. So this one, well, this one's lemongrass. I should have brought a natural. I, I don't like putting in any kind of essential oils or anything for the freaks. That way you just kind of... There's no, you know, mistaken head, and no lemongrass can go there, you know. So, that's... I'm going to give you this, too. So, you're going to get the, all this, and you can...
0: This is going to stay on the pod for, for...
2: You can give it a sample, you know, squirt some on tips. You got bearded guys that come in here.
0: Exactly, yep. and I'm going to be like, you can only get this at Chase's yeah. Choice. Have them
2: try it. They can so, put it on, and they'll be going, hey, this is... But my beard's already growing.
0: Tell them Street Champ sent you. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we got the massage oil, lemongrass. Oh, shit.
1: Screw catch, it didn't spill.
0: That smells really good. It smells like sweet.
2: So, yeah, we have it in natural. We have it in, I don't remember what the other one is. Yeah. So the ladies really like that. But you can put that in your beard. So all these products, it's kind of like Taco Bell. You know, they have what? Five ingredients, but they make a hundred different products. Mm-hmm. People want do different do things. You know, they some people don't want MCT; they want jojoba oil or you know, grape seed or something. So we make something for pretty much for everybody. But this is fur and skin spray for dogs.
0: Oh wow! Really? What about cats, though?
2: You can put on cats too.
0: Okay, cat. It was easy. Get I just right. said for dogs. Yes.
2: It says pet on it, so. Anything that you can pet, you can put it on. <laughs> well, well, I mean, yeah.
1: You get all sorts of questions with that. Now,
2: that would actually, that's like, that would be freak approved right there, too, because there's no essential oils in it. You furries. Yep. Furries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. There you go.
0: All right. Yeah, that's, that doesn't smell
2: like anything. We try to make things as simple as possible. We have, every one of our products we make, we have it unflavored or unscented you can get it that way so i
0: could put this on my skin
3: Mm
2: -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. i feel like you know when you drink too much wine you have to like clear your palate oh okay i I have to like clear my hand off because it has like a bunch of other products on it i
2: guess you could use it down there too (laughs) come on i'll be back uh
0: it's not coming out maybe it's not on all the way oh shit (laughs) (laughs) it just like squirt oh no you getting your mic no I don't think so I think it got over there
1: yeah I think it went on the table right there on the corner
0: yeah that's cool thanks so the pet one yeah so what is it going to do for my pets? just calm them down
2: so that right there is more for like um, skin irritations you know cuts it's it's more of a topical a lot of people it's hard to rub something on a an animal that's you know like guarding like mange or something like that um but yeah it's for skin irritations little cuts abrasions okay okay Their paws you can put it on their paws yeah you know
0: does it have um what what exactly is in here
2: so that is let me see it i think this one's uh Yeah, I think it's jojoba. <laughs> <laughs> uh, That's the thing, though. We have to put all this information on here. I, Me coming from a very gray area over the years as a caregiver. Yes. Is that what it is? <laughs> oh, it's right here. Hold on.
1: Yes, what? Genova?
2: Jehovah? Jehovah. Jehovah?
1: J, yeah, Jehovah oil. Uh, full spectrum. Hemp distilled. It's <laughs> 500 milligram cannabinoids.
2: So it's very basic. So you they know, can lick it. Right there, you know, right there, you you know can they're not going to get oh, sick just, off of it. Oh, it's just small it. text. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I
0: see. Okay. Jojoba oil, full spectrum hemp distillate, 500 milligrams of cannabinoids. It's very, very super, basic. Yeah. I like that. Is that, let's see if it's around, is it
2: around the board? That's what, no, that one's going to be different. That one's going to have uh, sweet almond oil in it, um, grapeseed oil. Mm.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So we don't want to give that to a dog. No. You know, all that stuff in there. Yeah. So again, we have like, yeah, Dogs. the massage oil that really has nothing in it other than just the carrier. It, it, I think it has some vitamin E in it or something like that. But
0: I like then that. I'm definitely have, gonna give that to my cat. It's
2: a CBN dab.
0: A CBN dab. What? Wait. What is this gonna this
1: do for you? Fantastic.
2: Really. So that it always works better, I think, with THC. That smells really good. So CBN is more of a sedative. It, it's more calming and stuff. A lot it's of good, people yeah. will use it for sleep. Actually, the Blaze since we can't sell THC at our store because we're hemp, um, we we always recommend these um, okay. Chiba Choo Sleepy Time um, Chocolate Taffy with CBN and THC. So I think there's like five Plus milligrams. Melatodin.
0: This is your recommendation to people?
2: Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. For sleep.
0: Yeah. Has melatonin in it. Yeah.
1: Yep.
2: So I believe these are five milligrams of... THC and then what, maybe two milligrams? It was. Does
1: it say on Yeah, the, oh. it'll tell you on the back. On the back. It tells the individual and oh, then yeah. the full. All
0: right, so in this Chibachu Sleepy Time, you're going to get per piece five milligrams of THC, 2.7 milligrams of CBN, and that's it. That's it.
1: And then the total, it tells you what's in the whole bag. The whole bag is like 101
2: milligrams. 101
0: THC and 54
2: CBN. So it's very low dose. And even a lot of times I would suggest people, especially the people that have never used THC to cut these in half, you know, to where they're going to get to. Yeah. And they could even cut them in quarters. I mean, it just really, it really depends. Wow. A lot of people are afraid of THC because even the older people have tried it when they were younger and they got really high or, you know, really sick off of it. Um, Mm -hmm. so trying to reconvince all those people over the years, them and the, the, uh, reefer madness people, um, (laughs) that it is okay to use it and you can microdose THC and, you know, we suggest people microdose it, work their way up. Um, a lot of people are really quick to just take, they'll take one of these, wait 20 minutes and go, I didn't feel nothing. Take another one, wait 20 minutes, didn't feel nothing. Take another one. And then as soon as they swallow that one, the first one's starting to kick in. Mm-hmm. Then the second one starts kicking in. Then they end up thinking they're going to die, which they're not going to. But That's so ah! funny. I love that. No, I've had those calls, plenty of those calls. People oh, yeah. do not listen, you know, especially like Juicy drips. You know, people that want to sleep, highly recommend that in the Indica. I want to uh,
0: I want to talk to you about these um, CBNs real quick before we get off all these topics because you're handing me a, a lot of different... Uh, products here, and you got a lot of good stuff. Honestly, I I was I, I went to your shop yesterday, yeah. And my like, if I'm being honest, my toilet got fucking wrecked. <laughs> yeah, whoever shot a podcast here and fucking wrecked my toilet, fuck you.
2: <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna find it out through DNA testing. <laughs>
0: exactly, but um, no, you know, I didn't have a chance to browse all your all your selection. So um, how how do you make these? raspberry is
2: like, so that's a it's a natural terpene that our that our lab resinosa makes up for us so those are all uh, isolates so I used to be a big you know I, I didn't really like isolates I was a whole plant kind of guy for years and then once I started realizing that these are really good to have like if you're dabbing THC a lot you can throw in the CBD or the CBG uh, I don't know where the CBG is CBD
0: I got the CBD pineapp- here's orange a- pineapple orange pineapple yeah, I'm really awesome. interested here's CBD this, this looks like um. that
1: one's my favorite
0: looks like how would I even explain it not honey not at all honey like I don't even know like just water with a little bit of yellow in it
2: do you got a pen a dead pen
0: I don't have a dead oh, pen oh
2: man do I got oh hold on I think I might have brought one or two what do we got here? Oh, uh, oh shit. Where's you can that, get these that, at Chase's Choice, the uh, things are bad Luca them. Seahorses. So you just hold it down as you're hitting on it. It's already got a little bit on it. But, oh, wow. Okay. And you just want to dab it in there a little bit.
0: All right, so I'm about to hit just straight CBD.
2: Straight CBD.
1: And you can see for that glass part if you know. So
2: there is THC on the tip of that one, so okay, that's chill. it's going to be a... A it, CBD THC hit. It's ready. It's, it's ready. You, see, right. you just you gotta, gotta hold the, the pin button. down. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Sorry.
0: Yep. Yeah. All right, guys. Let's just see straight CBD.
1: Just dab, touch, up and down. Yeah.
0: Very tasty. Tastes exactly like pineapples. Really, really smooth. Yes, I'm a fan. That's so we really, try
2: yeah. not to throw too many, you know, too much terpenes in it because then it gets rough on your throat. And we're trying to keep this as bearable for anybody that wants to use it because there is a lot of people that have been smoking for years and they would rather... Oh, hold on. You can try the other one, oh, too. Oh, hell yeah. Okay. There's the...
1: What's oh, this one? CBG. Yeah. You forget everything. <laughs>
2: yeah, the
0: CBD orange pineapple, definitely a recommendation, even though that was the first one I tried. Still a recommendation.
2: So it's good for you know the the pot guys that, that aren't used to these cannabinoids because we're most of us are used to just THC. Okay. I start feeling way better once I started messing with hemp products and stuff because I mix it in with my regimen. Can I put this down? Is that okay? Yeah. Okay.
0: I don't want to burn anything. Dang, this one looks insane. What? Why does it look white like so that? So that's from an isolate powder. What? Wow. That is insane. I I honestly thought something was wrong with it. (laughs) No. Oh, my gosh. It looks like... I don't even... It looks like mold, kind of.
2: (laughs) It's the white... It's the the terpenes, the flavor. I think it's blueberry.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Smells like sweet tarts. Mm -hmm. I definitely get some sweet tarts. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it does. Yeah. Wow. That is the most interesting, like, looking concentrate I've ever seen in my
2: life. And the first time we smoked it, it was... he brought over some weed from a a, a, a med dispensary, and he goes, "Yeah, it's it's pretty good weed," or no, he said, "You said it was mid grade or something yeah. like that." So we were hitting on that, and then I said, "Let's let's dab on this while we're you know after we're done, we'll we'll smoke a little bit more and dab on that." You just get a different feeling; it's like an enhancer.
0: Really? Yeah. Wow. All right. So could I try it? Yeah. Oh wow. All right. I'm about to hit just isolated CBG ready I I think there's a little bit of pineapple left wait
2: yeah I might want to take
0: another one (coughs) this one's for science
1: (laughs) R&D baby R&D
0: Definitely get the, like, the hints of blueberry. Um, I think it was a little bit more rough because I let it out my nose. I'm freaking... <laughs>
2: Again, you're using a tip that touches, like, every cannabinoid <laughs> ten times a day. You um, know, I'm just like, bloop, 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 bloop.
0: No, yeah, I like it. Like, honestly, just the interesting color alone would just get me drawn to this. Mm-hmm. So,
2: just... a nice oh, thing, look. I'll take that, I'll take a gram of that, and I'll crush it up back into a really fine powder and then i'll put it into mct coconut oil in a tincture warm it up and then it becomes just like the cbn like this stuff did you did i show you this stuff?
0: i don't know i don't i don't think so well so you heat this up and you put it in a tincture and well i
2: put i, I break it up okay. i'll crush it back up into to make it into a powder and then i'll take a teenster bottle like this and fill it up with MCT coconut oil, put the powder in there, put it in warm, really warm water, shake it up. And then it just basic, it infuses into the MCT coconut oil. What is, what does MTC mean? I'm sorry. So it's a, it's, it's a multi-tri, I'm not even sure what the hell it is. I mean, I don't we, we buy enough of it. So (laughs) one of the healthier fatty, uh, healthier fat, um, uh, carrier oils mm-hmm. um, like for the sab a lot of times we'll use the raw coconut oil the, the stuff that will harden up um the mct usually at room temperature will stay um liquid you know um but it's just a good carrier for these cannabinoids to uh to bind to you know and then be you know uh, distributed through our our uh, our bodies So when I first started doing this, I was doing it with vegetable glycerin. I was using it with uh, grapeseed oil, um, olive oil, just different carriers that I knew that were gonna work. But over the years, the one that I found that worked the best was probably the MCT. Plus it had a longer shelf life, um, especially, you know, than grapeseed oil. Um, But yeah, again, I'm not a scientist. it's one of those things to where this is mostly what cannabinoids are getting put into is MCT. Um, They do have like nanotechnology now that um, they can do water soluble uh, oil or tinctures and stuff like that, um, which is really cool. But yeah, most of our products, the ingestible ones are uh, uh, coconut oil. Mm -hmm. So, Wow, and then yeah. we have something because I noticed. How old are you? Twenty-four. Twenty-four. Okay, I got an ID him before I give him this stuff, <laughs> this is a face <laughs> serum. Really? So yeah,
0: make your face glow. Oh wow! So this is for the beautiful people.
2: Well, actually, on there, there's a there's a thing I believe it says that will make you look more beautiful than before the day before you had children.
0: Oh wow! I I. I
2: so be careful with it. That's why, you know, I was wondering, I'm like, do I give it to this guy or
0: You earned it, is this? Oh wow, I like I like the packaging, I like the pink. Sorry. So this is lavender bloom face serum. Yep. So this just goes all over your face. It's
2: for men too, but prefer we prefer men to use the beard oil. But you could probably put that on your stash.
0: I I'll put I'll probably end up putting everything on my stash. <laughs> <laughs>
3: pause uh oh
2: yeah it smells like lavender yeah and bloom it's lavender (laughs) lavender and bloom right, I really smell the bloom notes (laughs) so yeah yeah they normally put it on their fingers and put it under their bags under their eyes which you won't have for another 40 years no bro I'll get a head but this will keep you you could you know you could be 90 years old and have the best non-bagged eyes around
3: (laughs)
0: I'm gonna have I'm gonna have the best looking podcast around.
2: There you go, glisten.
0: Uh, I know my hands are freaking like they look like I was just rolling around in oil.
2: <laughs> just the one hand too. That's <laughs> always weird.
0: But uh, all right, no, this is the face serum lavender bloom. This one's really good for the beautiful people
2: and ugly. We don't discriminate. So,
0: I'm, my mom tells me I'm beautiful.
2: I think all our moms say that, don't they? I
1: think so. Good so this
2: is a 90 10 mix of CBD and CBN. So we're still playing with CBN, you know, what? as far as a sleep, it, you know, helping with sleep.
0: All right, so CBN is a sleep one,
2: so it, it, that's one of the things it's known for and stuff. But we, I used it originally when I, when I first found out about it, we used it um, on my mother in law's Parkinson's. Oh, so we we're trying to get her to. To be able to sleep and stuff, but she wasn't taking enough. What well, was helping her stop shaking? So she took it forever, and then we couldn't find it. Now we're we have it. So,
0: so this helped with her with her Parkinson's, but well, she didn't take enough.
2: you said, "Well, we ran out of it. Oh, so what the thing was is she wasn't taking enough. That's what we think was um, helping her the shakiness of it." So she slept when she started taking THC. Oh. She was just the opposite. Sativa put her to sleep and Indica kept her up all night. This one has no smell? No, that's natural. Yeah, it doesn't. You can taste it. It's pretty comparable to probably what you would taste on the bottom of your lawnmower.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, like it don't
2: have a great taste. I, I don't really this, taste anything. See, no, I was thinking of the CBG one, and I actually brought the, uh, I think I actually brought the uh, mint one, so, yeah, never
0: mind. It doesn't even have, like, um, like some tinctures will have, like, an oily, like, mm-hmm. mouthfeel after. Mm-hmm. This one doesn't have any mouthfeel after.
2: So, yeah, it's, so that one we're really just kind of playing with. You know, we, we brought it out just so we could get some CBN out. We don't want to that's give people the stuff straight CBD.
1: Comes back for that I've seen
0: natural the CBD ultra. 900. Oh that's, that 10. U- oh, that's the 910.
1: Oh, that's the 910. Yeah, uh, I thought that was the ultra.
0: So,
2: the ultra.
0: I'm jumping I've Got to make some room here because I definitely want to get all these products on the camera.
2: So this one's it. They actually test out at over like 2600 milligrams over 2600 milligrams. We always do more, you know, than we always put more in it than there actually is, but. So that's got 2,000 milligrams of CBD, 300 milligrams of CBG, 200 milligrams of CBN, and it legally has 80 milligrams of THC in it. And that's a one ounce Teenster. That is the one
1: everybody comes back for.
0: Really? How much is this running at, Chase? So choice? that's $60. $60? $60. Yep. If they mention Street Champs, do they? 10% off. 10% off yep. they, if they watch a podcast and come in?
2: Yep. We'll double the blazes oh oh dang discount wars hell
0: yeah <laughs> 10 percent off mention street champs at chase's choice guys yep dang that's awesome you know like why does ultra is not on here why do you call it ultra
2: i just we call it ultra because it's like the ultra ultra it's the everything. ultra yeah so we don't you can name it whatever you want you know what i mean can i taste it i'm sorry you, Yeah, sure. i should have
0: asked before i opened it
2: that one's gonna be strong it looks, it looks like really dark compared to... It's the... got a lot of cannabinoids in it. Let's see.
1: That's why that's why it works so well, man. It's got all this cannabinoids. So
2: that's kind of like the kitchen sink. Most of the people that walk into our store aren't coming in with, you know, like, oh, I got a sprained ankle or I have stage one cancer. It's always stage four. It's always like oh, wow. anxiety, PTSD, depression, you know, suicidal thought it's it's crazy because a lot of the doctors when people get to this point they're like hey maybe you should look into cbd or thc you know why is it the the last option why isn't it the first option for all these people it would definitely keep people from getting addicted to the shit that they're giving people because i was on vicodin for 25 years because of all my my surgeries and shit It was chronic pain. That's all they could do. It was like, here, just we'll give you pain pills anytime you want them. And it got to the point where your bodies quit; they don't work anymore. Opiates don't work anymore, and you got to keep taking more and more and more. And um, I'll never forget the day that I went in and talked to my doctor about. I already had a med card, but I, you know, I told her I was going to get off of all my medicine, all my medications. Using marijuana, and she went off on me. She's like a seven year old doctor, she was a really nice lady until I brought this up. She confused medical marijuana with spice, mm. you know, like synthetic marijuana. Yeah, so she's like, That's killing people. And I'm like, What the? I mean, I, I was cussing at her, I was like, What the fuck are you talking about? And she's like, I'm totally against this, and I'll cut you off all your shit. And, and- and, you know, I said, you you just can't cut me off. I'm telling you, I want to wean off this stuff. But I was off of Vicodin within two weeks using nothing but marijuana. It sucked because um, I wasn't using marijuana properly. I was just adding it to my Vicodin, my Soma, you know, my anti-inflammatories. I was It was just compounding shit, you know. So once I started weaning off all this stuff, I realized that the cannabis was was really kind of helping you know it wasn't I didn't have the urges for the Vicodin I was so sick of it it was making me sick it was confusing me I was taking so much of it I was taking my wife's Vicodin you know I, I was I was addicted to it and um how many would you take in a day oh shit probably 15 or 20 That's oh easily kill me man yeah
0: I, I've never even taken a bike and I don't even know what it feels like. What
2: is it? How would you f- describe it? So at first, it's it's kind of like I can't even fathom that I've taken before. That's fucking hardcore. Like, it was it was it was like really bad. Fucking hardcore. The feeling is, and I've never done heroin, but I would I would say it's probably pretty similar to heroin light or something. But the more you take, I mean, mm-hmm. I, was, I was a bail bondsman. I was I was a bounty hunter. I was repoing cars. And I'd go in for a shoulder surgery and be out that day, have a bag full of Vicodin and start popping them and then get a call that I got to go arrest somebody. And I'm like, oh, well, I'll just take my sling off. I'll have my guys with me. The, the guy probably won't want run my direction or one of my other guys will get him every fucking time. They come right at me. <laughs> And I pop a rod in my shoulder or it goes out through my, uh, out through my shoulder. I've been one. So I just kept having surgeries and going back out and working. And it was just crazy. It was because of the Vicodin. If I was just doing weed at the time, I would have been going, nope, I ain't doing shit. I'm going to sit here and heal. And because that's when I learned is when I got off the opiates and, uh, it literally took me a year to get off this one medication called Lyrica. So the, the opiate thing is just one thing. There's all these other medications that are just crazy hard to get off of, and sleep medication. That's the worst. So
0: you were addicted to you guys were addicted to sleep medications.
2: Uh, well, mine mine wasn't really a sleep medication. It was Lyrica. It was a nerve pain um, medication. But it made me tired, so I told my doctor, "I'm like, I can't take this. I got to work, you know. I got to go arrest people and bond people up. He goes, "Well, just take it at night if it makes you tired." So I would I was taking, Le- or Lunesta, and something else, and those were like the most vivid dreams I've ever had in my life, and it was crazy. So, the one thing I really noticed about cannabis, if you're just on cannabis. You don't really have vivid dreams if you even can even remember your dreams. So, but yeah, it's the the whole thing, even when I was weaning off all these medications, I was still just slamming myself with like RSO or brownies or just smoking a whole bunch of shit, just becoming numb. But then I really couldn't do nothing. So once I got through the opiates and then got through the Lyrica, um, then I started figuring out, okay, I just, I'll just smoke so many times a day, I'm not going to ingest anything. And um, then Chase happened, the, all this stuff with Chase. And then I'm like, well, fuck, how do I dose? You know, I don't want to get them high. Um, how do we do this? So I had to rethink the whole, how, how do you take cannabis? And then everything was microdosed, you know, a thousand milligram tincture. I give him, you give him one drop, wait four hours, Mm -hmm. give him another two drops. You know, you just slow, slowly build it up, you know, until you, you find a sweet spot with him. It was like a half a dropper, but it started working once, once we got his dose, it just started working. And it was like, like. It was a miracle, literally a miracle that was happening off of some stuff that we had, you know, just kind of, it was literally our last, our last hope was this stuff that anybody can have now. Anybody can get, you can grow it, you know, in Colorado yourself, Um, but it's going to become a big problem for pain management clinics for the VA who've been fighting it for years and stuff. I've been pushing this to the VA for years And I got kicked. Well, I didn't get kicked out. I got told that I wouldn't be allowed back in if they caught me dosing people inside the facility during PTSD group. So what I did, they said, you're more than welcome to go outside and do it after group. Well, there was a handicap spot right here. My father-in-law goes with me, you know, to group. He's, He's disabled. So we parked right in the front, sitting in our car with the car running, a line of guys waiting there. We're giving out samples to them, THC, CBD.
1: They're just coming to Ken's car, just like.
2: So it's just, you know, we've been talking about it in PTSD group here up at the VA in Pueblo for years. And when I started bringing it up, they were like, well, don't talk about it. Just don't talk about it. And, And then when I started bringing it up about my son, then people start getting interested because it had to do with children taking medical marijuana. I just told them it wasn't getting them high. We didn't give them enough to get them high. So then people started coming to us and going, hey, can I try it, you know, outside of group and stuff. And now we have guys drive down. We do a PTSD peer support group on Saturdays at Chase's Choice in Canyon City. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have guys from Pueblo drive down, you know, from the VA up here to come down here to our group. And it's small right now just for the fact that everybody's getting COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, I got COVID two weeks ago.
0: <clears throat> Omicron.
2: bastard! It's bastards. But bastards. I used the CBDA and felt better the next day. So I'm not saying that that's what's going to cure the world of COVID, but I'm just saying... That's one of the things that could possibly be very very beneficial to people.
1: I mean, for the people, you should Google the Oregon State research yeah. about CBDA and CBGA blocking coronavirus. It's pretty awesome.
0: Uh, and that CBDA is that available to purchase at Chase's Choice?
2: So it will be. Will so be? we are going to have our lab Resinosa. Um, our they're They're working on it right now. So, wow! I made a batch. Sent it to them they're gonna they're gonna test it and see what I got as far as uh, what I made up because I just made this in my kitchen I can't sell it but I can give it away Um, this
0: one you keep motioning
2: yeah to this one right here so it's just the acid form just like with the THCA that we used on Chase you know it wasn't getting them high because we did not heat it so if you take a joint you eat a joint you're really not gonna get high off of it but if you Light that joint up and start smoking it, you're gonna get high as shit. So we we just found that a lot of people can benefit um, with THCA rather than uh, the THC because of the 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 side effects from the THC. You know, if you take too much of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Wow, I have to care for COVID in my hands. No, I'm just kidding.
2: Well,
1: I mean, but- we...
2: It You know, for me, the first time I had COVID, I was out for five weeks, thought I was going to die. I mean, literally, it was so bad. It took
1: a month to, like, brain fog and taste, like, all that.
2: This, everything came back, like, the next day after I took that. Literally within hours, I started feeling better. My headaches started going away. Um, so, it was a, something that we had been talking about doing some acid forms, CBDA, CBGA. Um, And this study came out from Oregon State University, and then everybody started calling the lab that we use and said, hey, we want CBDA. Well, we had called them the day it came out and said, we want it. So we're doing up a big batch. It's just we may want to do it a little different. We may want to do a a whole plant version, too, to where it's not coming from um, a distillate or something like that. Know, just keep the whole plant in it, all the terpenes and everything. As you can tell, I mean, it, it tastes a lot different than the THCA that you tried.
1: He's, he's tried about 30 uh, things THCA, today.
2: <clears> THCA, <throat> which one is the THCA?
0: Um, I don't think I, or, oh, that's the, that's the straw. Nest. That's the
2: one that when you took it, you said, no, this is just, this is from the Diamonds. Oh, the Diamonds one, yes. It's the one that said that you got relaxed on yes. when you took it. yeah. That's a really good one.
0: Yeah, so, so,
2: that's that's something. How many people come into the blaze? And go, hey, you got any THCA?
0: No, I honestly, I don't even I don't even know. Probably no one. That's very specific.
2: But a lot of your stuff is THCA. Your live resin. Mm-hmm. So that those diamonds were ninety eight percent THCA.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Perfect. That's exactly what I want. Only thing is, is I'm taking those beautiful diamonds and turning it back into a, you know, just into a dosable liquid, which is kind of weird, but that's the shit that I love. That's the stuff that's been working for us, is when you can get these different kind of isolates and put it into something like a Rick Simpson oil. Sorry, I'm having trouble connecting to the internet. Sorry. It looks like an issue with the rubber and effort Alexa device. fucking, so is it connected to right? then, I, think I, said, I think she said, I think she thought you said
3: that that. back Wait. <laughs>
2: But it's not connected to anything, so it doesn't, like, do anything. That's funny. Oh, Alexa. Damn, Alexa. (laughs) She's always listening. All right. Anyway. What else we got here? Oh, our 50-50 CBD, CBG. If you research CBG, it's it's one of the better ones for... uh, Cancers and stuff like that, tumors. You know, and every cancer is different, and I'm not going to sit here and say it's going to cure any cancer or nothing, but.
1: Really good healing properties. It
2: really does.
0: Pretty CB, much. CBG, especially.
2: Yeah. Like
1: it's mother one of all cannon. Yeah, it's like one of the dude, that's the stuff that anything with CBG, that's the stuff you're going to pay top dollar for most times.
2: M- CBN is pretty expensive too. How much is this? At the store. So that one price. is is there a price on the bottom? No. I think it's it's either thirty five or forty five. It's
1: forty five
2: I think, but I can do it. See I'm just involved in like developing it, you know, figuring out what we're gonna put in it and sense and stuff like that but they keep me over in the corner in the dab bar like you saw me in yesterday. That's where I'm at. <laughs> not, a bad, at not a bad spot to be. It's not. I'm the guy who gives out samples and helps, you know, talks to people and figures out, you know, like what kind of medications are you on, what kind of problems are you having. Basically, why do you want to use this stuff? You know, mm-hmm. we just don't want to sell to people just going, oh, yeah, it'll fix everything. It may not help you, you know, and if you're taking different medications – you know, it could be counterproductive and, you know, when to take these compared to along with your other medications, because if you're taking oils along with pain pills, you're not going to know what's working, Mm -hmm. you know? So we try to get people to kind of like take half of a pain pill and then take this instead, you know, some CBD or something like that. Mm -hmm. And just kind of, we don't want people piling on more oils or cannabinoids or anything like that thc cbd um just on top of things you know we when people come in our our intentions for them is to help them get off of whatever they're on or at least lower what they're taking a lot
1: of it is education man. trying to educate them on you know getting off the sleeping pills and stuff and educate them on how this stuff can help them and I'm telling you, you see the people that come back because they feel better. Like I was going to say, my physical therapist two weeks ago started taking the Ultra, right? She wasn't sleeping for nothing. I said, let me get this. Ken gave her a sample and then some CBD gummies and um, that, over there. And then he, uh, she, she said, said...
0: Just CBD gummies right here? Yeah. yeah. Just and then presumably. the next
1: week, I saw her again. And I asked her, I said, how did that Ultra she goes, oh my god, not only did I sleep more than five hours, she goes, I slept full seven hours, my alarm woke me up, I can't remember the last time that happened, and then, um, she said on top of it, she goes, I felt like more energy today than I've ever had, I didn't expect to get, you know, and it was probably because she got really good rest, you know, but she felt energetic throughout the day, and she was impressed, like, she went ahead and bought a whole bottle and sent her friend over to get some of the speed freeze, and yeah, it's wow. it, it's yeah. stuff. It, it really works for itself, it talks for itself. I mean, if it wasn't good and it didn't work, people wouldn't keep coming back for it. Oh you yeah, know?
0: your so. your statement your statement alone is so powerful, man. But I was in the room. You know, the people behind the camera they they weren't in the room when you showed me all these testimonials of photo after photo after photo of you know of wounds, yeah, injuries, wounds, cancer, cancer cells. You know, like form growths on people's faces that were healed because this had it this intervened, this intervened in something that was already failing plan yeah
2: came in and 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 did what uh, pharmaceuticals couldn't mm-hmm. and modern medicine couldn't and this is stuff that we've been using for ever you know um so it's just crazy that they they took it away from us for what 80 years you know this whole reformanda shit and you know, all the studies that have come out, that it actually benefits people, that they just destroyed, you know, that they just hid, and, you know, it it could have saved so many lives, I think that's why um, we're so outspoken, is because of that, is because, you know, I, I think if we didn't have a story, nobody really wants, like, doctors don't want to hear about my story, how I, you know, was on Vicodin for 25 years, all this other shit, and that, cannabis alone got me off of it they don't give a shit they just keep saying oh you just want to smoke weed it gives you a reason to smoke weed no I'm off all those fucking pills you had me on Mm -hmm. you know and I get it I'm part of the problem but they're a bigger part of the problem you know Um, because once they have you on something that you should have only been taken temporarily to get you through the post-surgical pains and it becomes like a daily vitamin for you a multi-daily vitamin for you, all they can do is support you, you know, just keep giving you the shit, because if not, you're going to go with through, through withdrawals and you could die or you could, you know, go out and just start taking heroin. And, you know, I never had that problem. I was a functioning addict. You know what I mean? I was arresting people that were not functioning addicts, that were doing heroin, meth, alcohol, other shit. I didn't consider myself one of them, but I was. I was just highly functioning. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what got us into helping people with, uh, uh, recovering from addiction or substance use disorder, um, helped a bounty hunter friend of mine or a bounty hunter's cousin of mine, um, get through some, uh, meth withdrawals. And so him and his wife ended up starting a, uh, addiction recovery group called young people in recovery with
0: these products you helped them with
2: well it was more um it was more cannabis mm. so again i you know I, i'm more of a, a I don't even know a, a recreational pharmacist or a consultant <laughs> i don't even know what I, what I would call myself i would just help people you know i would teach them how to use stuff um you can go to a dispensary and get any of this stuff. I just tell them how to use it's
1: it. It's the town shaman.
2: Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> I, I understood. I I had. <clears throat> I think the big thing was is going from me using it for myself and having to dose my kid and then having to dose other children because people were coming to me going, hey, well, what do we do? You know, can you help us give my kid less seizures or something like that? And it became very, like, uh, overwhelming, you know, because I didn't know shit, you know. I knew I could how to control my kids' seizures, but I didn't know anything about cancer. I didn't know anything about, you know, all this other shit. But just,
1: with that being said, there's families that live here in town who have moved here from out of state because their states wouldn't allow that, moved to Colorado, and their kid's daughter was having multiple seizures per day. And, like, how often is she having one now?
2: She's doing a lot better now.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I remember the last time, and it's been rare, right? It's been a long time. Since yeah, and since. It,
2: was, it was something that took several years to, you know, try different things. So the one thing, it's never about, hey, just use my shit. If it doesn't work, then nothing else works. I'll try anybody else's stuff. I'll try, you know, we were giving this little girl stuff that we were getting, well, the Juicy drips mm-hmm. just because we needed consistent stuff. But we wanted to look outside of med. Because we just weren't seeing the things that we needed. We were looking anywhere, and so we started um, giving her a little bit of this. She was doing THCA, um, so it just—it was trial and error. But it's so hard with a lot of these parents to when you have this cute little girl, five-year-old girl, that you don't want her stoned, and now you're you're hearing that hey, you may have to go up to THC. You know, because most parents start off with CBD, see how that works, and then they, you know, expand out. Um, back in the day, you were pretty much stuck with THC for kids, you know, unless you could get a hold of Charlotte's Web at the time. Um, but, yeah, it, it just yeah. took... It, it's a good
1: combination you know. of, like, the THCA with the CBDs and stuff like that. it's Like, it's just the, just, they just work well together, those mm-hmm. cannabinoids.
2: But you can't do it all at once, so you have to do it, like, do it, do it all for a week or a week and a half or you know 10 days or something like that using one specific thing, you know. And then next week you could add something else to it to see if that works. The week after that you can go, okay, I don't think the THCA is working. Let's take that out and we'll add something else in. But usually with small children, especially with, you know, severe uh, epilepsy – you want to use the least amount necessary to keep that, you know, your kid, um, comfortable and, 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 and uh, as seizure free as possible. But it, it's tough when they're that young and you're going, you know, shit she could be dealing with this her whole life, you know?
0: Yeah. It's a tough decision to make. you know So
2: you don't want to start it's throwing not. a whole bunch of THC at kids and go, okay, now my kid's up to, you know, 10 milligrams, three times a day. Cause you got to work them up to that amount and, but I get a lot of parents who are like, look, if a couple drops don't work for a THC, then we're going to try something else. And it's 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 rough.
1: Wow, man. It's well unfortunate to have a healthy five-year-old, man. I'm thankful all the time for for that, especially when you hear some of the stories, the people he helps, it's just like, you know, makes you, makes you feel fortunate to have a healthy child, for sure.
0: Yeah, you know, I... I couldn't imagine, you know, to having to deal with any of this, any of these, you know, really traumatic stories you've been telling me, man. You know, I've also been fortunate enough to know have a healthy life. But, you know, I think um, hearing these stories makes people like, um, takes the stigma away from, you know, mental health or people thinking, you know, taking cannabis for any reason is, yeah. it makes you less than the next person, I well, guess. Oh, yeah,
2: there's always those stigmas, you know. Yeah. Stoner, pothead, burnout, you know. There's a lot of us that are that are highly functioning potheads. And, you know, you can call us whatever you want, you know. It, that's their stigma, not ours. I, I'm, I'm fine with being called a stoner, mm-hmm. you know. Look what I've done.
1: Look what he's done. If I could show you the laundry list of people he's helped.
2: Well, I think that's, that's what so, it's, yeah. it's really all about. This is a simple product. I mean, it, the, the processing of it gets, you know, it expands out and it becomes complicated for certain things. But just basic, you, you want to, you know, try to heal yourself or help yourself or manage your pain and anxiety and stuff. Because like Damon was talking about, with pain, anxiety, and, and, and depression, they go hand in hand. So if your pain's up here, your anxiety is going to follow. So if you can control your anxiety... Even though you got a lot of pain, you can bring your pain down to where <clears throat> it's manageable. You know, I don't mind being at, on a pain scale of five. You know,
1: oh, well, I, I basically live at a three. That's and like when my every day when I go to physical therapy, like how you feel today. I'm like, oh, it's a good day. I'm at three. You know, it's just I just spent 16 years, man. I'm and like three, three is probably
2: really a six. You know, in, in regular person lingo and stuff. Well, and it's funny (laughs) because
1: my physical therapist actually says, she goes, you know, you're funny because like you're in more pain than you'll see a lady come in here with her elbow. Like she's like, oh, oh, you know, she's like, oh, what's your pain? Oh, I'm a a 10. You know, it's like if you're, if I was a 10, I'd be pretty, I'd have to be bleeding to death. You know what I mean? Like you just after, if you're in chronic pain, you get to the point where you're good at dealing with pain. And, you know, my three is most people's, like he said, most people would probably be a six on my three. You know, it's just. So she's mm. like, it's funny because you're always so, like, I know you're having a bad day when you're a five. I'm like, yeah. I'm I'm not doing well if I'm a five. You know. But yeah. somebody's like, she's totally fine. She's screaming that she's a ten. It's just funny. And obviously, that's funny because I was there that day and she's like, just like that lady today and I was like, yeah. She was, nothing really wrong with her. You know, she was like 30 visits and she's on her 29th visit. She's ready to go home and she's just screaming how hurt she is, but it's People who don't deal with it all the time are like, yeah.
2: A lot of those people are the people seeking pills. You know what I mean? I was one of those guys, you know. I had to go to pain management one time, and I mean, I was so pissed off because it took like four hours for the doctor to get to me. And I had been out for two days, so... Yeah, it's real rough. But I also remember going back two years later because I had to get a back brace. And for some reason, I had to go to pain management to do that. Been off all my shit for two years. And I'm sitting in the waiting room. And I'm looking around going, holy shit, that that was me. That was me. Guys getting up yelling, where in the fuck's the doctor? You know, I already called my bondsman. And, you know, like, what the hell are you talking about? I mean, they're fiending. They're waiting for their their opiates and shit like that it was the craziest thing ever and i was like holy shit this is just it's insane and i had to go sit in there for two hours just to get and they didn't even fit me for a a freaking brace they're more concerned about me being on medical marijuana and maybe we should get you back on some stuff my doctor tried that and my pain management doctor tried that because they're going nobody's going to hire you like, you don't even know what the fuck I do, you know?
1: My doctor at the VA didn't even want me to try medical marijuana until we're literally, he's like, he's like, one day, he's like, you've literally done everything I've asked you for, I mean, spinal taps and uh, cortisone shots and, I mean, stem cell therapy, injections, all sorts of stuff I've done, and he's like, nothing's worked, he's like, I, I can't recommend you go get your medical marijuana license as a government employee, but... I was like, okay. So that's when I went and got my, that was 2009 when I went and got my medical card.
2: And that's usually what doctors say to cancer patients. You know that? And that's sad that they even waited to that point to where they're like, probably going to kill himself. That's what the VA is really good at doing is just waiting them out. My
1: mother, dude, my dad was a police officer before he passed away. I knew when I needed help, like my girlfriend, I told you her and in, in this incident with my mother where she came down to go to work and it was like five o'clock in the morning, I'm up on the computer. That morning she told me she was concerned, right, for me because I was like, I'm still on Afghanistan time, right, it was right when I got home and she said she was scared that that I was going to kill myself so she, and she made my dad hide all the guns in the house because she thought I was going to off myself in my parents' house, you know what I mean, like that's how fucked up I was when I got back so it was
2: that's why we do this is veterans helping veterans mm-hmm. you know it's just I don't know it's it's it just needs to be done just because they're so overlooked especially guys like Damon mm-hmm. you know I don't have um the issues he has you know I don't need the veterans administration um. And I and I'm so glad I don't have to because seeing him, guys like him,
1: people are always like, why don't you get off? Why don't you just go get interested, I can't afford it. You know, I'm on VA disability. I have a five year old. I literally make I have $190 to my name at the end of the month if I don't have to get an oil change or buy my kids something extra at Walmart or like that's I'm you know I have it all mapped out financially and. That's what I live within my means because that's I'm dependent on the VA because I that I, I couldn't have a nine to five. I would love to do this. I would I would trade all the pain that I have for a nine to five, in a heartbeat. I mean I wish that day you know I got a college degree. Use my GI bill. Got a college degree that I can't use because I I can't I can't you know I got fired when I was in the situation from every job I tried to do because you know back pain, nerve pain. I've been zinging and paying up the right side of my back for the last 45 minutes, probably, just, you know, sitting here.
0: Damn, should we smoke again?
1: I mean, it don't matter. It's just I just deal with it, bro. As I'm saying, like, that's where I live. I live at a three, you know what I mean?
2: Damn, all right. It's... <clears throat> yeah, there's a lot of people that take advantage of the system. And they're the ones that are crowding it up for guys like Damon to actually get help. You know, he... He could be back at work if he had this a uh, good support. If I wasn't left through... to
1: suffer for ten years, almost eleven years by the VA, I I would ha- I probably would have um, quality better quality of life, and I probably would be able to hold a job. Man, I'm dealing with, I'm I'm still trying to get back from the the horrible condition I was in from just basically just falling through the cracks, you know. Being a statistic, man, all that, it was just nobody was doing anything for me, man. Wow. And 10 years later, the body's kind of hard to function. I lost, you know, I used to be 205 pounds. I'm like 185 pounds. And it was like I just lost body mass and muscle failure and body deteriorating pretty much wow. in that condition, man. And yeah. like I said, the only reason I got help because <clears> of <throat> a civilian doctor. So thank
2: God. Yeah. Which is really crazy, because most of the civilian doctors don't know how to deal with veterans, people. With I had a massage
1: therapist who had the same exact back surgery from Dr. Sung. And then my ex-wife had a teaching partner. Her husband had a same back surgery, L5-S1 fusion, from Dr. Sung. And so I was like, this is the guy I'm going to. And he's amazing, man. So... Dr. Sun. Shut up, Dr. Yeah, Sun. Shut Thank up. you, man.
2: Dr. Danilchuk, too.
1: Who? That's
2: my orthopedic surgery. Um, he, he was busy with you. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> real busy. 25 years of surgery. Thanks, Doc. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's insane. Um, all right, you know, we've been going for two hours. Oh,
1: damn. Yeah. Going my hours. dogs hate Miss Hall right now. He's <laughs> starving. He's thinking I'm not coming home.
0: <laughs> all right, we get, um, you know, is there any <clears throat> last, last ideas that you want to leave the people with? Last words?
2: Um, you know, I think we've evolved quite a bit, especially here in Colorado, as far as people understanding that this stuff can work. They still may have their stigma, like, well, I don't want to use it's it. It's not or just whatever. getting high. Yes, this isn't just about getting high. I mean, I know a lot of people like to get high, and but a lot of the people that we deal with, uh, they don't want to get high. But it, it still, we're able to... Um, send them to a place like a a rec dispensary like the blaze with a little better understanding because you guys, you know, the the rec dispensary, uh, bud tenders and stuff, they're limited on what you can say. And, you know, as far as, you know, you can't give medical advice like, Oh, Hey, you got cancer, you know, try this. Um, but we can kind of guide people, you know, through, uh, education, uh, research and, kind of really show people there's really not a big difference between rec and med you know most most people that need um, THC the older people would do fine with recreational you know five ten milligram gummies I mean those are perfect they don't need 25 50 milligrams because then they're going to get you know messed up Mm -hmm. and that's what we see a lot is somebody took you know. Grandma took one of grandson's gummies that he had, and they were med, you know, 25 milligrams. she ate the whole thing, and then I think freaked out a heart attack yeah. yeah. so <laughs> we want to, we want to stay away from that because that's where um, the hospitals are kind of, you know, the doctors are coming out like going, "Aha, see, this lady came in and she thought she was dying, and you know took four hours before she calmed down, and it's like, yeah, but she didn't die. Not like a heroin addict, you know. They overdose; they they could die. Yeah. Nobody's overdosing and dying because of marijuana. Kids aren't dying. They can say that. Oh, kids I think are... we've
1: proved that tonight.
2: Yeah. Because we were
1: starting way before the podcast.
2: <laughs> yeah. That was probably we smoked down here. Probably a lethal dose that we took. So and we're still alive. I yeah. think. Wait, I got my little Fitbit on. Yep, still alive.
0: <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I, I agree. You know. um, you know, marijuana, marijuana is not a crime.
2: No. It's Hemp's not a crime either. I no. mean, it's all, you know, natural. It just
1: natural. takes education, man. It takes people being educated on, you know, breaking the stigma of what they've thought for the last 30, 40 years.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know. You I mean, say that 30, 40 years because most people, I think, have a stigma about it are older and not a younger generation. Yeah, you know?
2: from the 60s and 70s yeah. and...
1: They're, you know, he's, he's, there's a lot of people, there's a guy that lives down the street from him, That old retired army guy who, he helps his wife, he helps his dog who's having seizures, he helps him, I mean, the guy was so grateful that Ken gave him some stuff for his dog to stop having seizures, that he brought the man a, a big old tin foil thing for a barbecue pork, you know, like a week later, like, my dog hasn't had a seizure in a week, oh my God, thank you so much.
2: So, so, retired emergency. And he was all position. against it, yeah, he
1: was totally against it, you know, but... He was like reaching up for help, needed something, and heard about Ken, and I wow. was just hoping. And now, like I said, now his wife's on stuff and he's on stuff.
0: Wow, it's awesome.
2: Yeah, it's just Ken. education.
0: Yes, Ken. Do you want to um, tell the people where to find you for you know for the last time?
2: Oh yeah, we're down in Canyon City, um, two hundred Water Street, which is in between the, well. It's a little difficult. It's between the railroad tracks for the Royal Gorge Railroad and the uh, Arkansas River.
1: It's the old Reddy House. The, Reddy the old House ice. The Put old it in your Green. GPS, y'all. You guys uh, find actually, it. So that's why he's telling you it's weird because the GPS, Google had and Googled it out, it'll take you over the bridge into the park. In reality, you're supposed to be on the south side of the river. It's on the north side of the river. So if you just go to the last stoplight in town, which is Third Street? Yeah, and hook a left. You go. It's a short little fifty-yard road. You're right at the train tracks. You'll literally make your first right right over the train tracks, and it'll, it's a little road that'll take you right to the white building.
2: Big right white there. building right on the river. And yeah. Mm. Big Chases. Yeah, Choice. Google. You need to come. Like yeah, fix it. Fix our shit. Yeah. Do you have a social media they could follow you at? Uh, Chases Choice and. I think that's it. Yeah, I think Facebook. Got, okay. So I don't do... Most of the stuff's on my Facebook, just my personal Facebook. Um, we do have a Chase's Choice Facebook, but... There's so, a
1: website for, for purchasing also.
2: Right, yeah. Uh, Chase'sChoice.org. Chase'sChoice.org. Um, it's yeah. a hard crossover from going from such a gray area to where you don't mark your bottles to let anybody know what's in it. Um, you don't put down prices. You know, you don't... We, we've been word of mouth forever and now it's just weird being in a legitimate business and we're like oh shit we can actually document us selling this to this person and he's
1: doing all this kitchen before so yeah you
0: know, you know from humble beginnings to chase his choice on street champs and we're gonna stay home <laughs> that's huh? right you know that's awesome i Go love ahead. that um All right, guys, do you guys have any final words, anything else you want to say? Thanks for having us. Yeah,
2: thanks for having us Thank you so much
0: for your time, guys. Yeah, come down and see us. I will. All right, guys, Chase's Choice, Street Champs, like, comment, subscribe, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Patreon, all that. All right, peace.
2: Later. Later.